we thank you Lord for the gifts that Dave carries and Lord Jesus we thank you for the anointing that you give him to minister that gift and Lord we thank you as we come with open hearts we will receive from you in Jesus name Amen Amen you guys are like absolutely crazy that's all I've got to say all right okay you're all you're all born preachers so I don't know what I'm doing up here okay you can all take my place in a few months time and we've made redundant I can see clearly Jane okay we're gonna look at um, Genesis 16 so let's turn our Bibles to Genesis 16 thing is that um, I'm in the middle of reading the Bible from start to finish, so when, when I preach, you'll know where I'm up to, because uh, that's, where <laughs> that's where I'll preach from. At the moment, I've only managed 16 chapters from the moment I began, which I won't tell you when that was, <laughs> otherwise you'll know how quick I read. Yeah. This uh, if I had so many titles this preach as, it would be, The God Who Sees You. Amen. Okay, that's cool. Um, if we can have it up on the screen, that'd be awesome, mate. If not, don't worry. Um, we'll re we've all got Bibles which you can read it from. I will read. I'm gonna do, we're just going to read the whole chapter. It's not too long. Here we go. Um, chapter 16. Now, Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to him, Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having, ch from having children. Go and sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abraham had been living in Canaan ten years, Sarai took his, took his wife Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian maidservant Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abraham, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my servant in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your servant is in your hands, Abraham said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai ill-treated Hagar, so she fled from her. Then the angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that, that is beside the road to Shur. And he said to Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I am running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will, so I will so increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord said to her, You are now with child, and you will have a son. You will name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard, heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. She gave this name to the, lo to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Beer Lahairoi. It is there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Amen. Go on, Abram, eh? 86. That's pretty good going. Cool. 
Cool. We're gonna uh, we're just gonna break this down, look through this, and uh, I've just picked out some points that I think will encourage you and hopefully build you up uh, this evening. Um, firstly, um, my, in my sort of study of Abraham as a person in general, it's very clear that Abraham is up and down. Who can relate to that? Up and down, sort of. You know, one minute he's uh, really following God and doing amazing things. The next minute he's falling and sort of doing silly things. Um, here we find him um, sort of agreeing to a silly plan with his wife that he'll sleep with his maidservant and so that he can have the son he wishes to have even though God has said to him, look, I'm going to give you a son through Sarai. I'm going to give you a son through your wife. But even though God has clearly spoken to him about that before this, he decides that he's going to listen to his wife. Okay, just take that on board, okay, men? Don't listen to your wives all the time. Sometimes, but not all the time, okay? Was that all right? Do you think I got away with that? Okay, maybe not. <laughs> oh, just as well, yeah. <laughs> Not even that, mate. She'll, you know, she'll be somewhere around the corner. Um, yeah, you know, so he listened to his wife and w- just got him nowhere. He got him in trouble and uh, he's disobeying He's disobeying the Lord. But you know what? Whatever Abraham does, whatever happens to him, you see in the next chapter, he has God comes to visit him and encourage him. And then um, he, God um, establishes his covenant with him. He cuts a covenant with Abraham. So God is always there to lift Abraham out. And that's what God's like for us. Whatever we've done, wherever we've gone, if we've gone so low, it doesn't matter because we are part, just as Jane said earlier, well said Jane, we are Abraham's seed. And so just as God dealt with Abraham, he will deal with us wherever we've gone, if we've gone too low. He can bring us back, right back up. He'll reassure us he's there to be our God. He says, you'll be my people and I will be your God. So we find Abraham a man who we can relate to. Somebody who is very much a human being with weaknesses and all that comes with that. So God, um, so Abraham sleeps with Hagar, who is his maid servant. I mean, they actually, what happens is, Hagar gives I mean, Sarai gives Abraham um, the permission to make Hagar his second wife. So he gets two wives, okay? Okay, blokes, that's a bad idea, okay? One's enough, all right? We don't need two. One's enough, okay? But this guy is obviously asking for trouble, so he gets two. And uh, he gets he gets, us, he gets um, Hagar pregnant. And obviously Hagar uh, looks at Sarai, and Sarai looks at Hagar, and there's some bitterness between the women, as women do. They get a bit bitter about one another. Okay, am I really... The majority of the uh, congregation is female, so I'm just going to be going after this. Um, <coughs> so, and the women get a bit, you know, bitter between each other about, you know, babies and all that. And, if, and what happens is Sarai starts to treat Hagar badly. She's being cruel to Hagar. She's like... I don't know what she does, but it says in in the Amplified version, it says that she repeatedly is cruel to her and puts her down and, and makes life hell for her, basically. And Hagar says, "I've got to get out of this place." There's a song there, isn't there? I gotta get. No, I won't sing it. Um, I gotta get out of this place. And so she legs it. She does a runner and she runs away from the situation. Let's stop there. Let's pause there for a second. 
God said to me, is there anybody here? Well, no, actually, God said this to me. God said, there's people here tonight running away from a situation. Is th- that situation might be debt. That situation might be a broken relationship. That situation might be uh, a family issue which is just too hard for you to handle. But whatever that may be, you're running away. And God will say, don't run away because I'm back in that situation. I'm in that situation. I'm with you in the valley. I'm with, I'm with you in the hard times and the good times. So whatever is going on in your life, don't run away from it. Hagar ran away from the situation. Hagar's on her way back to her family in Egypt. You see, she's an Egyptian girl, okay? So she's heading back out into the desert on the way to Egypt. I'm telling you, things had to be bad for her because the desert was a wilderness and to go out there was to risk your life. But she risked it. And she went out, and she goes, and she's on her way to Egypt, and she comes to stop by a well, and she rests, and God speaks. Let's stop again. Isn't it amazing how we can get so obsessed with the journey? We can get so obsessed with making our way to the next thing, to the place where we believe we're supposed to be, and we forget actually what the journey is all about. You see, the journey is all about Jesus. The, the journey, the destination is him, but he's with us all the way. And um, the thing is that God actually just wants us to stop and rest, and then he'll speak. Isn't it amazing when we rest, God speaks? So, God, so Hagar rests, and the angel of the Lord comes. And um, actually, that is a place where we should live. It's not a place where we, need to, we should like be running around so much, doing all the stuff we need to be doing, being obsessed with the journey, and then saying, okay, I need to rest. No, no, we should be play, coming, doing everything out of a place of rest. All of our doing, all of our activity, all of our, um, all of our busyness comes out of a place of rest in him. A place where, uh, by the well, by the living well, by uh, a place where we draw from him. We draw uh, waters, living waters, waters mean, which means we never thirst. The Bible says streams of living water will flow from within you. I believe that praying in tongues is a really big, important part to living in the rest. And um, perhaps you, you're thinking, what is Dave talking about living in the rest? Well, you see, living in the rest is, is leaning on Jesus. It's leaning on what he's already done for us. It's understanding that he made and he won the victory when he died on the cross. He beat death. He beat sin. He, ma- he made us whole. He gave us healing. He gave us prosperity. He gave us favor. All those things come when we lean on him and not on our own understanding, not on our own strength. They come when we rest in him. So, so our victory comes out of rest. Our battles are won out of rest. That's the place where we need to live. We don't need to live in the, in, the, in the midst of the turmoil and the troubles that we see back in the household of Abraham. We need to live by the, by the well, by Jesus, the living well. It's funny, isn't it? Um, just as a, uh, a point of interest, um, Jesus does this with somebody else, doesn't he, in his, his time on earth when he came to minister on the earth. Uh, the Samaritan woman, the woman by the well. And he tells her everything she'd done. And he says, I'll give you water that will mean you'll never thirst. 
I just thought that was an interesting parallel. So, uh, so, so Hagar reaches the well, she rests, and God speaks. And you see, this, the angel of the Lord comes to visit her. And um, this is Jesus, okay? And just as a uh, theological sort of uh, point here, this is Jesus. This is the physical manifestation of God. It says the angel of the Lord because, um, well, people didn't know who Jesus was then. But when Jesus came, the angel of the Lord never came again. He never came um, in the time that Jesus was there. Jesus was the physical manifestation of God, the angel of the Lord. This is Jesus. This is Jesus coming to speak with Hagar. So where it says the angel of the Lord, that's Jesus. And Abraham meets the angel of the Lord later as well. It's Jesus. And that's why when Abraham takes the, tithe, takes the, um, uh, the bread and the wine, he ties because he sees Jesus. He sees who Jesus is. He takes the communion and he res- his response is to tithe and say, I will give tenth of everything I have because he sees Jesus. And that's what a real tithe is. That's completely off the point. Okay, let's br- bring it back. Okay, so, um, so the angel of the Lord Jesus comes to meet with Hagar and he tells her, uh, he asks her this question. This is the thing about Jesus. Just like but with the woman by the well, when he comes and he's ministering to the woman by the well, he asks the most amazing question. The most amazing questions. Where have you come from? And where are you going? Where have you come from, Hagar? And where are you going? He knows it. He knows everything about Hagar. He knows her name. And we know in Psalm 139, he knows every hair on her head. In fact, he formed her in her mother's womb. She is wonderfully and perfectly made. He knows everything about her. He knows everything about you. Jesus knows all there is to know about you. And tonight he says, where have you come from and where are you going? Where have you come from? and Where Where are you in this journey? What place have you come to in this journey? Okay, so um, <coughs> he then proceeds to, to share with Hagar her destiny, her purpose in life. And guys, if you're not a Christian here tonight, and if you are a Christian here tonight, it doesn't matter who you are, God has a purpose and a destiny for you. Hagar's destiny was to have Ishmael, who, who would be a, a, a mighty man, who would have, uh, um, who'd be a father of many nations. That was her purpose in life. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future declares the Lord. He knows the plans he has for you. He knows every part of your life. And if you're wondering here, what is my future in my life? Where am I going? What have I got here, Lord? What is the point of my life? Well, then God is the one who knows the point of your life. God is the one who knows the purposes and the plans he has for you. You just need to put your life in his hands. You just need to lay down your heart, as we've already heard tonight, and open that door for him, and he will come in, and he will give you a plan and a purpose for your life. He knows where you're going. He knows the plans he has for you. So, Hagar, encouraged by God, um, and slightly overwhelmed, I think, by the whole thing, um, decides to name the well. 
she decides, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. And isn't that amazing? When God speaks, we're just like, I've got to do something now. I've got to tell somebody something. I've got to go and just like, like my life. God has spoken into my heart and he's changed me. And now everything's going to be all right. You see, when God speaks, things change. When God speaks into your heart, he turns your heart, he transforms your heart. And you see, what Jesus did was he came and he met Hagar where she was at. And God can meet us right where we are at, right where we need to be met, in our darkest and our lowest times, in the times when we're wondering what is going on. You see, Hagar sat down by the well and she just thought, I can, I can, what, what is happening to my life? What is going on? I thought it was going to be all right. And now look where I am. Look where I am. And God came and he met her and he said, Hagar, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And tonight Jesus would say, it's going to be all right. And actually Jesus would also say to each and every one of us that he's given us a job and a commission. He's given us a... uh, a task to go out and meet people where they are at and share the love of Christ with them and to, sh- to show them that God's love will, is, is all that they're missing, is it what they need in their lives. I, re- I watched this awesome um, video uh, tonight, uh, the other day and uh, I just want to stop at this point, pause at this point and ask um, Dan or Simon to show this video. It's... Um, it's uh, an actual real, well, it's a total real story. It's a video, real live footage of something that happened in America. So hopefully we can get that to work. I love them. I go to the Assembly of God. 
He's like, you know, I'm really sorry to have to do this to you, but uh, have you got any money? <laughs> but anyway, yeah. But hey, listen, you know, the reality there is that, um, and the point is that this lady had the balls to share the... L- sorry, was that the wrong thing to say? Had the guts, had the guts to share, to share. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. Um, she had the guts to share the, the the love of Jesus, you know, with this guy. And and it, it shut up, and it averted, and it averted a robbery. And I'm sure it really touched that that guy. And and it's just like my, 
it's just thank you, Olivia. <laughs> it's just like it's just like Margaret. I love Margaret's testimony. You know, in a history meeting, praying for someone, awesome stuff. And 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 Sean's picture is all about that. It's all about um, well, some, most of some of it is that about how as we as we collectively share the love of Jesus with people where they're at, with, with ladies like Hagar, with guy that like that robber there, with um, people in a history meeting where we share the love of Jesus with people as that where they're at then God's love will spread. His fire will spread across the earth, across where we are. And that's how it will happen, one by one, each of us doing our bit to share the love of Jesus with people where they're at. And that's what happened, coming back, bringing in him. That's what happened to Hagar. The love of Jesus touched her heart, and she was able to carry on. And, um, and she names the well, um, she names the well an amazing name, uh, which uh, is Beer Lahai Roy, which means the living one who sees me. And the word for sees, uh, sees here is to look intently upon. And uh, God had looked intently upon Hagar, and he had seen her, and he had decided that he would come and he would speak to her. And you see, today, God looks intently upon you. And at this point, I could, I could say to you, what do you think God sees when he looks intently upon you? And we can ask the same question about Hagar. What do we think God saw when he looked intently upon Hagar? What do you think he saw? Well, I believe that he saw a woman that he had made, a woman that he loved, a woman that he cared for. And today, because of Jesus, or whatever you've done in your life, when God looks intently upon you, he sees the perfect righteousness of Jesus. Because, because God is a God who judged all your sins at the cross. And he no longer sees any of your sin. You see, God had a reason to be angry with Hagar. God had a reason to rebuke her, but instead he chose mercy rather than judgment. And that's our God. You see, our God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, and he would rather choose mercy rather than judgment. And now we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. It says that in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 21. And if today you're struggling with condemnation, if today you're struggling with feeling like I don't belong, I don't belong, I don't, I don't deserve to be blessed by God. I don't deserve God to come and touch my life. I don't deserve to be uh, to, for God to come and visit me. Well, then be encouraged because God sees only good in you. God sees Jesus in you because Jesus paid the price so that you will be able to be friends with God. That's what God called Abraham. He called him a friend of God. And God did not condemn her. Rather, he, he forgave her. He gave her the courage to go on. And God is not on a sin hunt. God is not here to look for our sin. And um, I'm just going to finish uh, quickly with this story. Um, one time I was um, in a in a um, in like a, a, a festival, a youth festival, and uh, we did something called manhunt. It's a game, okay. Don't laugh too early, okay? It puts me off. Okay, there's a game, and what happens is you uh, you, you all go and hide. And one person has to look for the other guys. It's just like hide and seek, really. But it's a man's game, so we call it manhunt, okay? <laughs> all right. So, <coughs> so we all go, everybody goes and hides, and we're in this field. There's lots of tents and everything, and it's dark. So, so um, I had been 
like it for ages. I've been looking for people for ages, and um, and uh, finally I got a chance to hide. I thought, right, I'm going to hide in the biggest and the most like like hide best hiding place you could ever find. So I, because I'd been running around the place for ages, I I knew where I was going to hide. It was in this long grass by these trees and stuff. So I ducked down in this grass and I hid there. And I was there about five minutes or so, and nobody came for me. And then all, all, then all of a sudden, these two people came and sat down. Like So um, I'm like where Jackie is, like lying on the grass, and these two people come and sit down with their backs to me, <laughs> like this, on this sort of log, which is just in front of me. And they sit down, and they, and they start talking. And then they move a bit closer. And uh, they start, you know, just hugging and being friendly. And I'm still in the grass. <laughs> yeah. So I'm lying down in the grass, okay. And I'm thinking, right, it's okay, because they're going to stop in a minute. They, you know, they just, they'll just move on. They'll, they'll go away. Well, about 20 minutes later, <laughs> I'm still lying in the grass. Like with my face down like this, because I dare to move. Because I think if they, if they hear me move, they're going to turn around and go, "What the heck is this?" You know. But there just came a point where I just decided, hey, nobody's coming for me, okay? Because they've just given up and gone back to the tent. And B, I I could be here all night, because these guys don't really want to move on. They're you know they're happy and uh, they clearly are totally unaware that I'm like two inches away from them in the grass. So I decided, right, either I can stand up and say, aha, there it is. Like, you know, as if you've lost something. And there it is. Or I can just get up and leg it. So after a little bit of consideration, I choose the, the latter option. I just get up and leg it like this. And to this day, I do not know what they thought. But basically... They probably thought, all my life, we've been here for about 20 minutes, what has, and that guy, is, how much has that guy seen? And I hadn't seen anything, I'd only heard it, so yeah, it wasn't that bad. But, um, yeah. Okay. And the point of all this is, good, there is a point. There is a point. The point of all this is, okay, that, you know, like, God sees everything, doesn't he? Yeah? He sees, he sees it all, he knows it all. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus. That's why he sent Jesus. Because he knows we can never be the people that will live up to his perfect standard. We can never be the people that will shine and be spotless. Because actually each one of us is human. And so what God decided to do was make a sacrifice once and for all, for all our sin. So that when he looks at us, he sees Jesus. When he looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Christ. And God is not looking out for your sin. See, God sees you. He sees you in your trouble. He sees you in your pain. And he says, I dealt with it on the cross. I made a way for it. And God sees you. He's the living one who sees you. And that's what Hagar named the well. Amen. Amen. So today, I just want to, um, tonight, I just want to make uh, an opportunity for people to respond to that. And we're just going to close our eyes and uh, we've had a lot of chances to respond tonight so I'm not going to draw this out but I'm just going to close our eyes let's just close our eyes and give ourselves a chance to respond to God and say God
wherever we're at, wherever we are on that journey, I want us to ask this question in our hearts right now. Where have you come from and where are you going? Because wherever you are, God sees you. God saw Hagar and he came and he spoke and things changed. And Father God, we want to pray tonight in the name of Jesus. Would you come and would you speak into, our, into the hearts of each and every one of us here tonight. And Lord, if we need to come and let you fresh into our hearts, Lord, we do that right now. In the name of Jesus, we say, Lord, come into my life. Come into my life. And, and be a part of my life again. And if you're a Christian here tonight, and you've come to a place where you've just fallen so low that you don't think God can pick you up, well, God sees you. He knows where you are. And he is the God that says, I am what you need me to be for tonight. I am the God who can change this situation. He is the God that's been there and done it for you. He did it on the cross. So Lord Jesus, tonight, Lord Jesus, would you come and uh, I just pray for each one of each anybody who feels they're in a situation, an impossible situation where they're running away, where they don't know where to go, they don't know what to do. Lord, would you touch their hearts? Would you show them? Would you help them to lift their eyes again to you and to know that you are you are their God and they are your people and you have chosen them and you have a plan and a purpose for their life. In the name of Jesus. Amen.